When losing everything and a life situation doesn't give you the guidance or positive modeling, you have to make a choice. Listen to how Hillary Jastrom went from sick to success. When I was at my lowest point and I saw there was nowhere to turn, it was as though I was hit by a lightning bolt and I learned to let go and let God. Since then, I promised myself to never forget that moment. I start each day with two daily reminders, seeing the Let Go, Let God magnet on my refrigerator and begin my daily readings marked with my Let Go, Let God bookmark. My days are led by God-inspired moments that fuel my soul. Now I want these two constant reminders for you, so I'm giving you a special offer. Go to inspirationalvisionsllc.com now and receive your exclusive February offer to get your Let Go, Let God bookmark and magnet. Go to inspirationalvisionsllc.com and receive your exclusive February offer of a Let Go, Let God bookmark and magnet. Go to inspirationalvisionsllc.com and click on the Let Go, Let God bookmark magnet bundle. Welcome to Inspirational Visions for your dose of inspiration, endless visions, and where we empower others to never give up hope while bringing people together one story at a time. Here is your host who is an author and co-author of multiple books and the owner of InspirationalVisionsLLC.com, Mary Markham. Welcome back to Inspirational Visions Podcast. Today's guest, I'm so excited, Hillary Jastrom, an amazing woman of many gifts and talents has joined us. Hillary is the founder of J Hill Marketing and Creative Services, a best-selling author of Sick Success, an editor at Good Men Project, and contributing to a cr- contributor to large-scale publications, as well as a podcaster at Sick Biz Buzz. Many talents you are. Welcome, Hillary, and thank you so much for joining us today. Oh my goodness! Well, thank you. I'm just so happy to be here and chatting about things and talking about inspiration and learning from you. So thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Well, let's start by um, just sharing a little bit more um, with the audience about you and what you do and what you love most about what you do do. So for the past five years in earnest, I've really worked in the digital marketing capacity and, uh, and that's what I went to college for. So to be able to tap into this and work on my own is absolutely fantastic. Um, in addition to working in a digital marketing agency, and we, so we have uh, three specialties that we that we specialize in: copy writing, copy editing, and book editing. So um, we have a division of a book editing house called Bookmark, and we help authors to self-publish their books. And I love that aspect of my job. And so in addition to this digital marketing company, I also own a nonprofit called SickBiz. SickBiz is a resource for chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs to provide them with the necessary tools that they need to 
start a business and keep that business going. So what do I love most about that? Boy, that is a toss up. Um, you know, I have always just been in love with helping people with their message and their mission um, and helping them really define their own empowerment. And I guess to a degree, sick biz is an extension of that because I want people to not only step into their own power, but I want them to be able to use it to improve their lives. I want them to make their lives virtually unrecognizable if that's what they're going for. That's awesome. So um, how long have you had the sick biz nonprofit? So sick biz has been up and running since September of 2017. And the goal was to, because when, when I got sick, um, I didn't have resources. All I knew was like, oh, girl, you better get to work. You know, you better figure this out. You better find out what what resources are credible for yourself. So where are you going to go? What are you what are you going to do? What's your next step going to be? All of this in the midst of, you know, groundbreaking, life changing illness. And so I just really wanted to be that resource for people. And the more that I dive into this, the deeper that I dig into it, the more that I'm finding that there are more and more sick people out there than we even have a an awareness of. So 60% of people, um, it, of Americans, I should say, have a chronic illness. Wow. 60%? 60%. That's over half. And that's, that's crazy. Yeah. So if it's not you, then it's definitely someone that you know. It's somebody in your circle that's hurting or that's struggling. And um, and so it's important that we get real about this. It's important that we start to provide solutions for people. It's important that we start to break stigmas, that we yeah. even break the expectation for how work is performed and what people are capable of doing. And that's really what I'm all about is you might say it's the anti hustle. Mm -hmm. That that's awesome. Well, you mentioned um, you being sick. Um, so take us down that journey a little bit of um, what you went through and some of the hardship that you had to go through to be the successful woman that you are today. So my journey was that um, I had secured a job at a regional furniture company. So this company had, between the three of their brands, they had like upwards of maybe 20 uh, different locations. And they spanned uh, the different customer demographics, ranging from bargain hunters all the way to the luxury brand. And so... I would write for them and even get on the showroom floor. Um, and it was just, it was very, very fun, fun work. Would work on their campaigns. I was writing about texture and color and all sorts of just really exciting things. It felt kind of gratuitous, like, wow, I'm accepting a paycheck for this. And then uh, I got sick. So in 2014, symptoms came back to me. In 2012, I had gotten sick. When um, I was, it got very, very hot one day and my husband and his mother and I went for a walk. And as we were walking, I kind of was losing my balance. Uh, my feet were going numb and 
I went to the neurologist in 2012 and they said, well, we can't find anything. And so, you know, you're probably fine. And um, just maybe it's a fluke or you have an overage of uh, vitamin B, I think is what they said it was. So I said, oh, okay, well, that's weird. I didn't know that could happen. 2012, same thing happened, but it returned with a vengeance. And so um, it was no longer just, hey, you can't walk. This absolutely exploded into you can't walk without assistance. Uh, you can't feel your feet. You can't feel certain areas on your legs. Dizziness um, is the onset of excruciating headaches. Um, being unable to drive. I have a thing in my throat because I have nerve damage. So sometimes my throat feels like I've been sucking on like a mentholated lozenge and it feels like I can't breathe because I can't feel my throat. Mm. So that a lovely new onset. The fatigue was incredible. Um, I was so tired. I tried to work when I would come home and I would be shaking from fatigue and all I could do was uh, crawl into bed. So eventually I could not work and I couldn't walk down the halls at work without holding on to somebody or holding on to the wall. And this, this was an absolute kind of spiraling. I was that woman at work you know, just clicking around in her high-heeled shoes and mm -hmm. to wearing flats, holding on to the wall, holding on to a coworker, um, And then wow. it devolved to the point where I couldn't drive myself home. So when my boss started having to drive me home because I would go outside and especially in the summertime, if it's heat, uh, my condition would be exacerbated by heat. I, I couldn't, I could not walk. I had to, um, I, you know, would go outside and on two occasions, I just went outside and sat on the bumpers of somebody's car and my boss came out and drove me home. And shortly after that, I went on short term disability. I tried to work part time. I just simply couldn't even do that. I tried to do some work from home and I was just too sick. I had to sleep. My body was in this horrible flare state. So what happened is what we know now, this was Lyme disease and Lyme disease reared its head in 2012. Uh, and then from that point on, it got worse in 2014 to the point where I developed another disease uh, based on Lyme disease. I developed a sister disease to multiple sclerosis called transverse myelitis that actually uh, ate a hole in my spinal cord sheathing. So oh. I was behaving, my body was behaving as though I had MS. Oh, how terrible. Yeah, so it was pretty significant. Now, what we know about MS and what we know about transverse myelitis is these are diseases that flare and so, or they exacerbate if it gets worse, you have an exacerbation if you have a short-term uh, kind of exposure to stress or heat or hormones or sickness, et cetera, then um, you have what's called a flare. So you flare just a little bit, but you learn what your triggers are. Still, mm -hmm. it's a very hypersensitive body to be living in. You know, right. uh, I need a wheelchair for long distances because exhaustion, walking too far, and the nerve disease will actually shut down my body's ability to use my legs, as in I 
I will not be able to use them. It's the weirdest thing. Um, if I want to bring on paralysis, all I have to do is overdo it on the exercise bike. So <laughs> it's very, it's very strange. And I still battle the associated symptoms, the throat numbness, the headaches and, you know, the fatigue and things of that nature. And some days I just can't work and I have to shut it down. And so I've had to reinvent how to do that and to make sure that, you know, I can carry my part of the load in this household, in this marriage, in the finances. I had to figure out a way, what does that look like? Yeah. So that's exactly what I've done. And so now that I've done that to a large degree, and it's not saying that I don't struggle some days going, wow, this is, that was a bad plan, but you're revisiting that. But I want to teach other people that it's feasible to do the same thing. And that lies the Sick Biz yes. podcast and the book? The podcast and the book, as well as the nonprofit itself. And the primary involvement with the nonprofit right now is uh, the Facebook page. So okay. we just have a small group. We have about 1,100 people in the group. But it's a very engaged group of people who are either people who are in the same boat, they're entrepreneurs or business owners having one or more chronic conditions, or they have a disability, or they are a caretaker. And that caretaker part is something that's so beautiful, because mm -hmm. then you have people who are willingly immersing themselves into this world of people who are trying to make it and trying to rewrite their lives and, and trying to be successful. I posit that you can not only make a living wage, you can make a luxury wage. You can actually change your life for the better. You, mm -hmm. you, you can improve your earnings. You can improve your level of freedom. You can improve the potential that you hold for yourself and your mind. So um, that's really my mission. And I know it's one of the reasons that I'm here is to help people realize those things about themselves. Absolutely. And what a gift that is. I mean, your attitude, especially, and your mission. But going through all that, Hillary, um, and I know you said you have some tough days, but what inspires you and what is that that push every day to keep you going without giving up? When there's somebody out there that is, you know, maybe not at that level that you're at um, with the positivity, what would you say to them? And how do you do that? I've been on the other side. So I, I did have a childhood and a big chunk of my adulthood where I was that person who was a self-fulfilling negative prophecy. Okay. I would say, well, that's just how it is for me. Other people, um, you know, have the luck. I don't have the luck. I would tell people I'm the reason disclaimers are written, you know, um, that I don't, I don't know how something's going to work out, but it's probably going to tank. I, and I hear these words coming out of my mouth today and it's like listening to a completely different person. Now that said, I can understand why I felt that way because when life beats you down, it, you know, and I had some really serious divides in my relationships with people who I was super, super close to my immediate family. Mm -hmm. And, and so I lost a lot of people 
when um, when my parents got divorced, I lost a lot of people. I lost my sisters. I lost my parents. You know, um, everybody kind of went their separate way. We were we were plunged into such trauma that we didn't know how to do anything but fend for ourselves. We couldn't fend for other people. Even my parents couldn't. Mm-hmm. Do that. So, and that went on to when you when you don't have guidance as a child, then you make decisions like having children early and having multiple marriages. And I take responsibility for those things. Obviously, I made those choices. I can't blame everything on my childhood, but I can say based on what the the lack of modeling that I received, I can understand why I made those decisions. I own them. I made them. But I can understand why I didn't have the information. I didn't have the resources that were needed. I didn't have the attention that was needed to help me understand what a positive uh, relationship looks like. I didn't have any sort of model of financial stability at all. Mm-hmm. And so I had to just do the best that I could. And doing the best that I could meant that I struggled a lot. And because mm-hmm. I struggled a lot, that felt like that's who I was. Oh, I was born to struggle. Okay, great. Some people are born into a wealthy family. I wasn't. I was born into the opposite. Okay, great. That's where I'm going to live. It wasn't until I got sick that I, I had to break out of that. It wasn't serving me. I couldn't try to embark on something and have a terrible attitude about it. I had to embrace it with hope because Anytime you start on a new project or you're embarking on something new, you have to have hope. If you don't have hope that it's going to succeed, it's not going to succeed. So I had to find that hope. And the one thing I always knew to do as uh, a young adult and as a teenager was work. You know, I even started babysitting when I was like 12 years old. I'd be double booked for weekends and kind of had a little business going on and so you were an entrepreneur before you knew it I was and I knew I could work and I knew then you know and I I tried to behind my mother's back I got a job at a pizza parlor because (laughs) I wanted to work I didn't want to just be frittering around and buy you know and I had to buy my cigarettes too so (laughs) (laughs) I needed cigarette money I had to work but you know and then I just never stopped working when I rejoined the workforce, because I she found out I was working at the age of 15, she said, you're too young, you can't work. And so, you know, just do something else. So I rejoined the workforce at the age of 16. And I've been working ever since. And what that did is it taught me what I am capable of doing, I can do this, and I can make money. And I had to fall back on that very rudimentary lesson that I had learned, even decades later, all right, you know, you can work. You know that if you do X, you will receive Y. Yeah. yeah. But this was a little bit different. The stakes were a lot higher. The other thing I needed to do was, all right, I need to just get some money in the door. And this is what I teach people over on SickBiz is that, and I just designed uh, the business courses and I finished shooting the modules for that today, actually, unbelievably. Uh-huh. Um, but I just designed the business courses to, it. it's not so much about... You know, um, in a typical business, you're going to get everything up and running. You have to have the marketing presence and do this and that and the other thing. When you're sick, the worry about money can actually make you sicker. So 
I encourage people to get that first one or two deals in the door, and then I want you to take a break. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. We're okay. Now I can focus on the basic elements that I need to run my business. Now I can focus on some of the more longer term decisions. But first of all, get that money in the door so that you can relax a little bit. And so that's what I needed to do. I was sick, sleeping 16 hours a day. I had to work laying down. Oh and so, yeah. And so I just said, well, okay, I'm going to connect with these people. I'm going to keep going until I make a connection and I secure a couple of jobs. So I did that. I said, okay, great. We've got some money coming in the door. That's a little bit of a cushion. Now I can relax a little bit. I know that I have deadlines coming up. I can work on those, but you know what? I get to take a nap. I get to take care of myself. And so it just kind of it flies in the face of what the hustle entrepreneur teaches you, which is go, 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 go. Get up at 5 a.m., go to the gym and do this. And, you know, right. and you don't have that capability. So, so what would three simple steps with somebody listening and, I mean, you've shared a lot, but what would three simple steps that you would start to, to give that hope to someone? So the first thing is that you need to focus on where are you going to find your jobs, okay? And this assumes that you already know what you're going to do and who you are going to sell to. So you need to make sure that you're identifying that ideal customer in your mind. Make sure that you connect with an audience, and this is a huge, this is a huge chunk of your success. Make sure you're connecting with an audience that can pay you. You don't have the time to fritter around and expend your energy. If you're going to be serious, you know, you need to make sure that you're connecting with the right people. Mm -hmm. Once you've connected with the the right, where you have identified your audience, rather, or your client, and you've identified what services you're going to offer, what they're going to be priced, then you need to reach out to as many people as possible. And this was the game-changing fact that changed my life very quickly when I was trying to get up and running. And I read this in a, and I wish I knew this gal's name. This was in a, a Facebook uh, copywriting group. And this woman said, you know, the, the conversation was, how do I get started? And this woman said, you know, 250 people, all of us do write those people emails, reach out to them, send them direct messages. You know those people, so take advantage of those connections. These can be people that you used to work with. They might be people that you've connected with that you want to work with. And just make that connection and ask. You have to get comfortable with asking. You mm -hmm. know, and there's when there's everything at stake, if I don't make this deal, I can't put in my share of the bills and that means we're going to be in trouble. So when there's everything at stake like that, it just get, it makes it a little bit easier to ask. It moves that ask down, it kind of bumps it down a notch so it's not quite as scary because you know you have to ask. So that's yeah. the way it is. If you're standing, you know, with your children in the forest and you're stranded, but, you know, this canoe comes by and can get you out of the forest, <laughs> it's going to be like, wow, you know what? I 
Oh, whew, that's hard. I can't ask. I'm embarrassed. I, ooh, I guess we'll live in the forest. But, <laughs> right. You know, this is where that's you true. are. <clears throat> right. You have to ask and you have to be okay with asking. Um, and the other thing I highly suggest to people is that you become an expert of whatever you're doing in a group, whether it's a Facebook group, whether it's a LinkedIn group, whatever group it happens to be. It can be a mastermind or whatever. You become that expert. You become the person that people go to. Hey, you need this? Guess what? I'm doing that. And the third thing is consistency. Do not look at the individual results that are coming in. It's kind of like when you start a blog. When you start a blog, it does not matter what the data says at all. What matters is the aggregate. So over a period of time, you're going to do it over and over and over and over and over again. I was blogging for years before any of it took traction, you know. So identify who you can reach out to, become the expert in the group, and consistency. Keep going. I love that. I think so often people see the success, but they don't see the journey. No, and there's no such thing as an overnight success. And quite frankly, right. you don't want you don't want overnight success because you're skipping ahead to the experience without gaining yes. lesson. So the the likelihood that you're going to stay there because you have the knowledge or the skill set to do so is slim. Right. I think that's a really important message is to just enjoy the journey yeah. and enjoy the knowledge that you're getting and the steps that you take and the people that you meet along the way. Um, and, and speaking of people along the way, is there someone um, that has inspired you along your journey? I have worked with probably a hundred entrepreneurs at this point, all very high level producing. Um, I think the biggest thing that I've taken away from these people is they're unapologetically them and they keep going. So it, I don't see a, I don't see a huge amount of success coming from people who hop on a trend bandwagon, for example, but people who identify a mission and a message in life are the ones that are lasting because they are continually authentic. They mm -hmm. are lasting through trends and through up and down markets and things of that nature. And so I, I think it really has to do with making a commitment to yourself that this is what I'm doing. I'm going to keep going. These people have tremendous energy. They never stop. All of them work in various ways. And one of the business coachings that I teach, I talk about scheduling in terms of scheduling for a person who's chronically ill or has a disability that's making uh, workload management difficult. And I see all kinds of different scheduling coming from very high level producers. Some people work at night, some people work in the morning, some people are at the gym at 5 a.m., some people aren't. What they're mm -hmm. doing and what they have in common seems to be that they've all sliced their life up into areas of importance that need cultivation and nurturing 
So they're trying to perform at the highest level in all of these areas, never giving up on themselves and making that commitment. Yeah, the commitment is huge, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, you've committed to a lot of things um, and you are very su successful. Um, what? Tell us a little bit about the Six Success book. What is, what is that all about? Six Success is a combination of uh, two things. So it's a memoir in the first half and it just explains my life and where I've been and how different mindsets have uh, come to affect me. And I wanted to share that because I think it's important that we're transparent with people. Mm -hmm. When I say that, and I, I work with people on, on writing their books in this regard, when I say that, I don't mean that you need to punish yourself with transparency and share things that um, are intensely private. There are ways to share your journey. There are ways to talk about your pain. And I think it's important that we use our pain. Pain is definitely a teacher. And if we don't use our pain, then I feel like, well, what we're just experiencing this pain for no reason. There has to be a reason for this pain. What is it? What is it teaching me? Um, mm -hmm. And the second half of the book are various mindset lessons, if you will, and uh, even methodologies and strategies for how you can work to the best of your ability, uh, different ways to approach dilemmas in your business. So uh, there might be some tools that are offered that help you to solve problems. There might be kind of different mindset hacks that are offered to help you solve problems. One of my favorite chapters, and this was also um, a blog or an article on Huffington Post was, how to turn your anxiety into productivity because anxiety is just a bottled up source of energy that wants to go everywhere all at once. And so if we learn how to channel it and work through the fear that's accompanying it, we can actually start to regroove our mind and regroove our experiences with it. So, you know, I'm bringing everything to the table in terms of what my life has been like and and what it's been like trying to run this business, you know, these businesses, um, trying to, in a sense, create a movement so that people are looked at differently and so that we can change up the expectations of what it means to work for ourselves. That's incredible. I love that. I have to get that book. <laughs> Um, I, I like that. And I'm learning a lot too, um, through all the many process, um, and things that I've gone through in the last several years, the mindset really is a huge, um, tool that you really need to change with your life. Um, cause it, you're right. It can make you sick. Um, it can get you out of things, um, dig you deeper. Um, you just have to change your mind, your mindset. Um, I like that. Um, so is there anything kind of a side note? What do you like to do for fun? What do I like to do for fun? What a mm -hmm. great question. <laughs> you know, I am kind of a homebody. Um, and I think the most exciting thing my husband and I have done lately is we've joined him. But we are a... We're an empty nest family. And so mm -hmm. at this point, we're 
just enjoying our day-to-day life. Our life was so crazy with three kids at home for such a Mm. long time that with the kids out of the house, it's very quiet and we're only now just sinking into enjoying each other's company a little bit more, spending time as a couple doing things. Um, One of the most favorite things I did this past Christmas time was driving around looking at holiday lights. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, we like to do things like that. We like to get out of the house a little bit more. We go to a lot of uh, conventions so we typically go to like the Crypticon convention. It's the horror movie convention. We do that. Um, we were going to go to the tattoo convention, but then we just had something else going on that day. But we spend a lot of time with the kids too. So we take them out to lunch and see how they're doing and really try and keep a pulse on their activities. Every day is different, but it's awesome. um, for the moms out there and the dads out there who are like, good grief, can I ever get up? you know, beyond 7 a.m. Yes. Yes, your time is coming. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Amen. I know. It's weird because I'm also an empty nester. And um, and it's amazing. You you still tap into the kids in their lives and, and uh, yet you really enjoy your alone time. And we've always gone on a, a date night when the kids were there to make time for ourselves. And it's funny. Every day could be a date night for us, but yet we still have a Tuesday night date night. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's wonderful. Yeah, we do a lot of going out to dinner now. And, um, you know, it just, I don't know, it's weird. just uninterrupted listening to each other. It's really mm-hmm. weird to actually be able to finish a conversation and have somebody pay attention to you without somebody coming screaming into the room. Need right thing it's just a weird like oh are you still listening to me this is lovely <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> do you have any type of um daily reminder for you that keeps you going um inspirational visions has like let go let god for daily reminders is there anything in particular that keeps you focused every day No, I don't think so. I think that mainly it's that I want to keep adding to my mantras. So I want to get up every day and, and learn that I'm, I'm in a very absorbent stage of life where I want to absorb from other people around me. I'm very open to, there's a, this is a freeing factor when you realize you don't know everything and that every day is a smorgasbord of knowledge and learning. So that's where I am. Um, I want to, since I've kind of charged myself as being a teacher and a leader to some degree, I want to be able to provide the most full-bodied experience for people that doesn't derive just from inside me. So my mantra maybe every day is to get up and learn. I like that. I, um, in this podcast too, I always mention every day is a school day. And um, the whole purpose of this is that we all learn from each other. So it really goes hand in hand for what you just said, Um, get up and learn. And um, we do learn from each other's stories. And anybody that doesn't say every day is a school day is wrong. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's always something we can learn. Absolutely. And from other people. And the more that we 
remain open to that and and we're not I mean and to think that we know it all I also think is very presumptuous of us um life and knowledge and the truth seems to be fragmented and we all hold a piece of it that makes up the meaning as a whole most definitely so what um would be a message of hope that you could leave for our our listeners today? You know, you can write your life in any way that you want to, and you can feel about things and yourself and people and make changes in your life just by proclaiming it to be so. So, I got very tired of my own pain that I was causing myself. I was so tired of my negativity. I was so tired of shooting myself in the foot before I got started. And I discovered something really amazing. And it's so incredibly simple. And we overlook it because it is so simple. And that is simply proclaiming something to be makes it so. So whatever you want your life to be, however you want to work, however you want to live, whatever you want to do, however you view yourself, most importantly, I think, in terms of mindset, comes down to proclaiming it to be. So I can stop immediately and I can say, I am this today, or I am this today. And the fact that I proclaim it to be makes it true. That's tremendous power that we have every single day and every single day I sink deeper into that confirmation of being the person that I am. I might start out with when I first kind of flipped the script on myself, it was like, well, you're not this, you know, and maybe I believed that to a degree, but I had to implement it. I had to then the next day say, well, remember you're not this. Right. Claiming it to be does not take as long as you think. And you start to see the changes that Mm -hmm. happen when you tell yourself, I'm a person who doesn't tolerate abuse. Great. That means that you are not going to tolerate abuse in conversations. You are not going to tolerate abuse in your relationships. Guess what? If you're single, what are you no longer attracting? You're not attracting abusers. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I love that. Proclaiming it to be. How simple is that? Absolutely. Very simple. Well, what is, if there's one thing, is there one thing that you would change and why? You know, I guess I always just want to shortcut my lessons, my experiences to get to the lessons a little bit. Um, there are decisions that I've made in my business that uh, when I look back on them, they all have to do with trusting my guts, mm-hmm. whether people that I work with, the jobs that I went after, how hard I tried to close a person initially. And by the way, I don't do any follow-up and I do not recommend a hard sell close because if you're convincing somebody to work with you, you're going to have problems bubble up at the end. They're going to say, I told you I didn't want to do this. You talked me into it. Now I don't want to pay you. Now I don't like what you did. Blah, blah, blah. Great. You work your stuff out over there. When you're ready, come to me, see the value, be enthusiastic about working together. So that's one thing. 
the other thing, and I mean, it really does come down to your gut. Sometimes we can make so many poor decisions or decisions that, and I don't like to label things, but decisions did, that did not work out to the best of our ability. Maybe they're decisions that even pulled us back a step or two, but we know in our guts, I don't want to do this, but I guess I'm going to follow through with it. It doesn't feel like I have a choice or maybe I'm really feeling desperation right now. If you don't know how to tap into your gut, there's a very, very simple thing that you can do. And it's tossing a coin. And it's not tossing a coin to decide and say, okay, well, heads, I'm going to do this, tails, I'm going to do that. It's tossing the coin to determine how you feel about the outcome. There's always that moment where it lands on heads and you go, oh, shoot. I wanted right. to be tails. Okay, great. If you wanted it to be tails, that's Make your decision. It. Yeah. So people need to listen to their guts. Oftentimes when you don't listen to your gut, what you do is you set yourself back. Now you've lost time. Now you've lost money. Now you've lost energy. Now you've created you've, or you've helped to create this kind of furor of emotions that um, people will participate in. You're a part of it. It's negativity. Listen to your gut. Even if your gut is saying, you know, if your gut is saying, don't do this, but in your wallet is screaming, yeah, you need to do this. Listen to your gut. There's yeah. nothing, nothing that is more solid advice than that, quite frankly. And take the chance to be afraid and not do what you want to do because you are afraid. Take the chance to say, no, this opportunity isn't right for me. Maybe it's right for somebody else. It's not right for me. So I'm gonna step away and I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. And I am going to send that message out that I'm gonna wait and I trust, I trust something else will come along. Of course you trust it's gonna come along because you're also cultivating these connections at the same time. So it's not like, well, I'm not gonna take it and guess what, I'm gonna sit back and Netflix. Right. You're not gonna take it, but you're still working towards something yes oh you're a wealth of information hillary oh <laughs> i love it a lot of time on my own thinking let's just put oh. it away. <laughs> i love it you have given our audience and myself a wealth of information today i love it proclaim it to be take a chance don't be afraid i love all of those and then some where can our audience best connect with you? The best way to connect with me is through the website, um, SickBiz's website. So SickBiz.com. And there's the option to email me and get in touch that way. Okay. And I will leave all that information on this episode as well for people. Fantastic. Thank you. Awesome. So well, thank you so much, Hillary, for... Um, joining us at Inspirational Visions. I really appreciate that. And as always, listeners, be inspired, never give up hope, and remember our differences don't make us different. We're all beautiful, holy, and loved. God bless until next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inspirational Visions. Make sure to share this episode with someone who needs to hear this message and head on over to InspirationalVisionsLLC.com for God-inspired product gifts 
and also exclusive bonus content. Again, head on over to inspirationalvisionsllc.com.